Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It's Sal Capaccio. Filling up right behind the Bills bench right now with their flags and their hey, 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 hey. Hey, 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 hey. Let's go Buffalo Chant on WGR Sports Radio 550. Well, is his agent enough of a so- of a source? Dalvin Cook, is that trust? We need Schefter, don't we? Maybe I'll wait until there's a, an actual uh, team announcement before I hit send on the uh, payment for <laughs> the demo. That did that, that did not last long. Was that yesterday or the day before? Day before. Dalvin Cook to the Ravens. It's just, you know, why not? I think I I and with you that he seemed shot like last yeah. year, but, <laughs> right. and and the team, the league basically did kind of send the same message. But um, I think why Experience, not? Blah blah blah. Everything you, said, everything you said on Tuesday, yeah, <laughs> there it is. Plus, they have two bye weeks to work somebody in if they, you know, they might think that that's that's a good thing. Gives them a better chance to acclimate someone. Uh, oh, it's running back. You know, like just go left. <laughs> Sal Capaccio on the West Her Hotline. Sal, any reaction to the reported signing of Dalvin Cook by the Baltimore Ravens? Uh, I think it's amazing. Um, he goes from a six-win team. I think Rich Semini wrote this to a Super Bowl contender. That's incredible, right? It's good for him. He's probably got a lot of purple yeah. clothes already, too, for having played uh, for Minnesota for years. So it could be just an easy transition there. Mm. Well... One just just because I'm thinking of it here, Sal. For for starters, um, a few minutes ago, just thinking about the Dolphins and their perspective on this game, can it be overstated? Just what it would feel like for them to win. What what can be overstated is their their actual stake in the playoff picture because they're in either way. But if you think of, if you will, Miami's pain against the Bills playoff game last year, just like sometimes beatings like what happened here in week four and you're at home and you might not even have the crowd and you're an underdog and generally probably feeling really disrespected after what's overall been a good year man like what what a game this is for them yeah it really is um you know and i think that um reading some stuff coming out of there they they have that those same feelings right which is they've been pushing all year to show they're for real, if you will, or whatever, you know, mm-hmm. that they're as good as their record and it's not just against these bad teams, but until they do it, until and you know, and I and I'll tell you, I think that a lot of what I've read has kind of been, been really specifically about the Bills. They they haven't been able to beat the Bills. They did last year in the heat down there, but really it's been every time they play the Bills, 
they wind up losing and Josh Allen owns them and plays so well against them. So I think a lot of it is just focused on who this, this opponent is for them. It's not just everything you said, which is right, Mike. I'm getting the sense that they're just basically like, hey, we got to beat this team. Like, we haven't right. beaten this team, and we got to do this at some point. They're, they're, they're sick of the Bills, and it's, it's nice to be a team that yeah. someone is sick of. <laughs> I mean, we went through it here in New England, right? And then right. when it finally happened, I mean, I remember it was – the COVID year in New England. You remember, guys, remember that night game? Belichick, Belichick with the phone, right? Belichick the phone. You're right. That's exactly what yep. I thought of. Yes. I only heard about it. That's right. And <laughs> I wasn't there because we couldn't travel that year. So mm-hmm. I remember that year doing the game from the, the home press box, but watching it. But it was so amazing to know. And you know what You know what it was about that moment to me? And I don't, know, I don't think that this would be for the Dolphins, but I, I guess you could feel this way for them. I wouldn't feel this way for them. But I think we also all knew at that time, like, okay, it's here. It's finally, like, it's going to be like this for a while, right? They, they might get a win here or there, but these two teams are totally going in opposite directions. I don't think I would feel that way about Miami, and I don't think Miami would feel that way about Buffalo. Maybe. I guess hardcore fans would. But it, that was so satisfying to be in that position right. at that time. And I'm sure that that's the way they feel about this. Yeah, that's right. I mean, I, yeah, I mean, crazy fans will be crazy fans, but there's no way you could feel like you've killed the Bills off. Like we felt the Bills had done to the Patriots in that game in twenty up there. It's yep, like Brady's right. gone and it's going the wrong way, and we just came here and like Darth Vader just got mad. But, but uh, yeah. we made him mad. Like it was very. Sal, people were calling, crying the day after yes. that game. Like it just it was incredible it was how much it meant, how therapeutic it was for people. Yeah. But you also we did. You, you also can't be anybody unless you beat this team like the Dolphins can't really be an actual thing unless they win one of these games or win one of these years right again this game could play out and in two weeks it's ancient history because one way or the other it's a very different you know outcome once the playoffs arrive but you can't the Bills for many years with the Patriots like you're saying you can't be a thing unless you come out on top once in a while yeah it's such a weird kind of situation for them, I think, because I, I think that in a normal situation with all of their injuries, they'd almost feel like we're playing with house money, like we're supposed to lose, we have all these injuries, so if we go out there and beat the Bills, it's going to be great, but if we lose, ah, we're supposed to lose with all these injuries. But there's so much at stake if they do that. You can't just treat it like that. If they do lose this game, they go to the sixth seed, and they got to go to Kansas City next week, right? It's it, it, So as much as I think that you know, they probably feel like, okay, like we're really undermanned and, you know, nobody's really expecting us. They, the pressure's on. They still have to win. They have to go out there and perform. And yes, maybe they lose the Dolphins. And that's the talk, which is, hey, they have all these injuries. They couldn't overcome it. And I respect that and understand that. They have a lot of injuries, yeah. but it doesn't change their situation after that if it happens. Would, would it be completely insane to you? if they approach this game because of the injuries and because of the fact that they already are in the playoffs and, yes, recognizing the difference between the two and the six, uh, if Mike McDaniel just said, you know what, guys, we need, we need, we need, we need to just take it easy. 100% would – I think it would be, be reckless on his part. Okay. I think it would be insane. I don't think it happened. My, I don't think they would do that. The, those players who are playing in the game – I think would look at him and say, 
are you freaking kidding me? We have a chance right. to win a division title. We have a chance to be at home here in South Florida for two playoff games. Like, take it easy. Now, I would say that you'd probably – players would understand even if, let's say, Jalen Waddle was close. But, yeah, you know what? We There's a risk that he could get more further damaged mm-hmm. if we put him out there and they decide against it. I think that would be respected from that regard. Right. But in no way do I think that they would wave any sort of white flag and say, let's just get on to next week. Sal Capaccio on the Western Hotline. These, you know, uh, compounding injuries the Dolphins have on yeah. overall, but defensively, how how do you think it'll look Sunday night? Like, what will it amount to to not have Bradley Chubb in addition to the other guys who are missing? Guys, I just think it's such a tall task for a team to not have their top two pass rushers and what they have after that. I mean, they, they got a couple of guys that every once in a while can do a little bit, but I, they're really up against it as far as their pass rush is concerned. And then because of that, you know, the Bills, you know, might have time that, you know, you're not going to be able to, they might have to, maybe they'll have to resort to more blitzing, whatever, and Josh Allen usually kills the blitz. But also, I mean, if he has time in the secondary right now, they're also really hurting, obviously, and Xavier Howard didn't practice again today. You know, so, yeah, I think that it's a really tough task for them. Um, you know, so I, I think that Vic Fangio's got to figure out what he wants to do, how he wants to do it. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if he just basically said, invites the Bills to run the ball and says, look, I'm just not letting Josh Allen beat us. I will stay in this game as long as possible. Let them run the ball. We'll keep everybody back. We're not going to blitz. We're not going to put ourselves on an island back there. And you know what? If James Cook has 120 yards, that's fine. As long as I can stop them stop them mm-hmm. in red zone once in a while and get a turnover, I wouldn't be surprised if that's how they approach this game. This sounds like the script of the 2020 game here between the Bills and the Chiefs a little bit. Like the Bills sort of invited the Chiefs 100%. to do that, go yep. out and run it. And, you know, that was an eight-point game pretty late. So, you know, the, the Bills, even though they got run over in the game, were, you know, they were there. Yeah, that's right. And, you know, I think the Bills – they're going to look at what matchups they can exploit, take advantage of, especially if Howard doesn't play, which, like I said, it appears he's probably not going to. He missed again today. Um, Eli Apple is a guy that is beginning more playing time. Apparently he's going to play. Uh, he'll he'll get you know quite a few snaps, if not start, I guess. And that's probably an area where the Bills will look because Jalen Ramsey, the talk today in Miami is, does he shadow, does he travel with Stephon Diggs? I would say most people are guessing that's going to happen, especially the way Diggs beat them last time, and they don't want that to happen. So I think the Bills then have to look and say, okay, or where's our other matchups? And what they did last time, even when they did focus on Stefan Diggs with a monster game, you know, there's Gabe Davis, you know, to catch catch a long one and have a nice a nice day. So if Xavier misses, there cannot be a Howard picks off the Bills uh, opportunity. <laughs> oh my. I see what you did there. Yeah, sorry. Do you remember, Sal? I'm going to go. I'm 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 trying to dig up the box here uh, for the game. But that that opener in L.A. last year, like that's Ramsey on Diggs. I, but I, but I don't know like how how much of that was was that you know like what, was he shadowing him? But Diggs eight for one twenty two and a touchdown in that game. Yeah, that's right. And I remember that specifically, like beating him a couple times and looking at him after he did, you know, one of the times he beat him. And I mean, yeah, I, I, I don't think the Bills would be, I don't think Josh Allen would be afraid to go after him. He's done that. He, he's done that. He's gone after him. Not only that time, I think another time when they played him, maybe against the Jags, but, um, you know, he's gone after Jalen Ramsey. Or maybe it was the Rams, either way. Um, I don't think that's the case. But I think what we've also seen here from the offense is he's not, not going to force the issue if. 
there are other people that they can get the ball to to you know have a better day, that'll be the case. I do think that Fangio will opt to do that. So you never know. Maybe the Bills move him around a little bit to try and get a favorable matchup. Or they just say, look, that's fine. We'll, we'll throw to Gabe Davis and James Cook and, and Dalton Kincaid. You know, this idea that you know, you're comparing it to other games, that Chief game in, in Buffalo three years ago and how, all right, go ahead and run it. And then the Chiefs do that day and, and win. It's, it's what the Bills have wanted to do here in, in recent games besides. you know, uh, They become much more of a run-heavy team. I think it's even right to say run-heavy, like flat out, mm. you know, relative to the rest of the league. So this might be where they want to be, and I think the prop numbers reflect that. I mean, Diggs at 60 yards for this game, and Davis and Kincaid in the mid-30s. Just the, the betting markets, at least, are not expecting a huge explosion from Allen in the passing game, and that there hasn't been one in a while here. The, the big question is, Sal, there's a few, I guess, like just how – how intentional, if you will, it all is, that it's a, a philosophical change by the Bills, which I think it largely is at least. You've had games like the Dallas game where why not because it's just working so well. Uh, so I, I would predict they want to keep being this way and, you know, ultimately whether it can work to you're, – you're keeping underdogs close like the Patriots mm-hmm. and the Chargers by, by being this way, and it, it burned them at times earlier in the season when they were less run-heavy even. Uh, So that's what kind of scares me when the competition gets better. I hear you. I understand. But the reason you're keeping them close is you don't cash in on opportunities. I think the Bills still, if if Miami Dolphins come out on Sunday and go, we're going to let you run the ball and we're just going to make sure Josh Allen doesn't beat us, I think the Bills will be totally fine with that and try to do exactly what they did against the Dallas Cowboys and they beat the Dallas Cowboys 31-10. to And they cashed in on their opportunities. And they have to remember what they were in the red zone, but they scored touchdowns, right? I mean, like, that's what you have to do. That is the key. If you're going to do that, then you just, you could control the game. I think the Bills would be perfectly fine with and say, that's great. We'll control the game with our running game because we think we can make, you know, we can do that. It keeps them off the field. And, but the problem is, the issue is you got to score and you can't turn the ball over. There is less margin for error. There's no doubt about that. But I don't think the Bills would mind doing that because I think they would feel confident in what they've done here in the run game and how they built it. I think what happened against the Chargers, what happened against the Patriots is the Patriots, they couldn't really run the ball that well. And, you know, it forced them into some situations and they did not take advantage of any opportunities early on. They were two for five in the red zone. It was a bad day. They only got field goals out of those trips against the Chargers, turned the ball over a few times. And that's the recipe for getting what you get at the end of the game. The other thing that you did in the Dallas game that allowed you to keep running it is you shut them down. And so that's yep. that's maybe, you know, I, I don't know if that's a taller order here. I mean, the Dolphins are banged up, and the Cowboys have a lot of talent at quarterback and at receiver. So it's not like they were suffering coming into the game or anything. But that that's the piece. Like, you need the D to do what you did. So, you know, because right, right – from Miami's perspective, what they'd want to do is get points and force you to then throw it into the teeth of their defense when you think you can't run it anymore. That's exactly right. You know, make make you one dimensional, and you know, I I think that you know Miami would probably want to hit some chunk plays in this game, force the Bills to okay, let, let's try and, let's try and play that game then, and then we're gonna we're gonna stay back and we're gonna pick off Josh Allen once, and we're not gonna let you, you you're gonna you're gonna not get patient. Uh, you're not going to be patient, and that would be exactly what they probably want to do in this game, Bulldog. So, yeah, and but I also don't think you know Miami's offense has been nearly what it was. Obviously, early mm-hmm. in the season, right? There were 
raking all these records. They score 70 points uh, the week before they play the Bills. It really hasn't been that great over the last you know month, month and a half. They've had a couple of games here and there. I mean, they, they did a really nice job against the Jets two different times. But really, overall, even in that Dallas game, right. the Tennessee game, the night game at home. I mean, oh. really, the only reason they were even up late in that game is because of a couple bad, bad turnovers deep in their own end by the Tennessee Titans. But otherwise, I think Miami's you know just kind of been pretty good, not great overall mm-hmm. offensively in most of their games over the last half of the year. That's the really shocking game in all this. I mean... We're talking about at the beginning of this conversation, Miami's season and just what it what it will amount to ultimately. I mean, they were three games ahead in the race with five left. Yeah. And for the wow. Bills, they needed to lose they need Miami to lose two and for the Bills to win four. And that's what happened. And the Tennessee loss was just shocking. One of the most shocking losses in the league this year for win probability. Like ninety nine point something right. was, was Miami. First team ever to be up fourteen points. And yeah. lose in regulation with less than four minutes to play, which happened because Tennessee went for two smartly after their first touchdown. Then were able to kick the extra point to win uh, to win that game. Wow, it's just that one just will haunt them if they end up going to Arrowhead Stadium next week because this game would be very different for the Bills right now, wouldn't it? Like it would just be sort of to get a wild card. They might even get it Saturday. Would have no chance at the AFC East. Some, well, there wouldn't be a night game if. Right. If uh, that all had happened and just, you know, you can maybe take it easy. But this is actually more fun, right? This is more fun this way. I'm looking at their game by game right now offensively. They have not as a team. Now, net passing yards includes sack yardage lost. They have not as a team thrown for 300 yards since November 19th against the Raiders. The last six games. 228, 283, 208, 213, 284, 221. Not even 250 in three of those games, half of them. That was a close game, too, that Raider game. There were turnovers in that yeah. game. Uh, the Bills have been over 300 themselves once since Tampa. Mm-hmm. The Eagles game. There you go. I wonder, yeah, I wonder if overtime, without overtime, if they got there because they had that first drive in overtime. So they might not have even gotten there that day. Uh, Sal, injuries, it's looking pretty good here relatively for the Bills. There's not much. Yeah, the Bills actually had only one player in their entire injury report who was not a full participant today, and that is Damar Hamlin. Um, Josh, still with the right finger and neck, you know, listed, full participant two days in a row. Nobody seems to think there's any issue with him, you know, being uh, able to play or being compromised on Sunday night, I guess. Um and then you had Micah Hyde was the other one that was upgraded today from a limited to a full. Vaughn as well, but he was a vet rest. But um, Micah has the neck injury, but he was a full participant. And then we mentioned those guys. I mean, Mostert didn't practice again today. Tyreek Hill didn't practice. You know, obviously we know what happened yesterday, unfortunately, with that fire at his house. So he was, um, I believe, excused for personal reasons, but he didn't practice today either. But their their list is long, and... You know, it looks like they might get Robert Hunt back. Uh, they might get Jerome Baker back. We'll see. Um, obviously, you know, those guys are important to them, but they have a very, very lengthy list. Robert Hunt is the offensive lineman who almost yeah. scored that touchdown against the Ravens uh, two years ago. The big One of the big guy touchdowns. Oh, right, right, right. He but, got flipped over right at the yes, one-yard line. It, yeah, right. it didn't count. I think that it was Robert count. Hunt. Illegal the, touching or something. Yeah. Something. Uh, the, the Barnes <laughs> Firm injury report. Car crash for help. Call 1-800-8-MILLION. All right, Sal. Ready? You don't even know what you, you have to be ready for here, probably, but I'm asking you. Anyway. Um, whatever you throw me, I guess I'll be ready for. What's your perfect Week 18? 
I am ready for this because I came on, I got connected and I said to Zach, I said, Zach, <laughs> I haven't been listening today. What have they been talking about? And he said, they've been discussing the perfect week 18 scenario. So I kind of formulated in my head. And I think I'm right there, ready for that it. Is, that's yeah. some producing. I don't know why Zach would lie like that. We were talking about cat toys all day. <laughs> all right. So thank you, Zach, for the heads up. Guys, I think the perfect scenario for me is obviously the Bills win Sunday night. They are the two seed. And I think there are two scenarios where this, hap- this would happen. But it basically involves the Colts beating the Texans, which if you've seen the Texans injury report, you know they're missing some guys too. The Colts getting the seven seed. And the Colts coming to Buffalo in week one, seven versus two. I think the Colts are the team that I'd be most confident in of the four possibilities if the Bills do get the two and they play the seven. I wouldn't be super threatened by the Steelers. Um, but, you know, with what they got going there at Mason Rudolph, and you guys know I, I really respect Mike Tomlin and what he's able to do in a one game. I mean, you just never know. Mike Tomlin can come up with something and TJ Watts there. So I think I'd rather see the Colts, but that's my ideal scenario there. I I agree with you. Now, this is if Jacksonville wins. You need Jacksonville to win for yes. this to happen, or else the That's Colts correct. would win the division. I, I think also they're the lightest yep. team left. I think I would like Houston to beat them. I don't know what their injury report is like you do. Uh, but with Stroud back, I sort of like the Texans there. I think it's a one-point line. And they're a little bit live for me Houston if they get in just because Stroud is so good like I just don't think a Minshew team is a serious contender so yeah I mean what would it take let's see I'm I'm, there's only there's two scenarios here I'm looking at it would be Ravens or Steelers doesn't matter who wins that game but you're right it would have to be the Titans as long as the Titans lose I'm I'm sorry right yeah if the Jags were to win Jags were to win that could happen but the Bills have to win obviously to get the two seed to be in that position and if all that happens but the Bills lose, they're out. Like if Pittsburgh, as we know, right. Pittsburgh and Jacksonville. <laughs> right. So I guess I'm playing with fire there, right? I'm, yeah, I'm playing bit, with fire. Now, well, yeah. you could have, well, you could have the Ravens in the scenario I'm looking at. You Either could have way. the Ravens beat the Steelers, and it still happens. If the Ravens beat the Steelers, you're in, and you're going to Miami uh, next week. If those other things happen, the Jaguars and the Colts. Or it doesn't even matter who wins the Colt game in that one. Just can't be a tie. Or you're hosting the Colts still. Well, if, the Bills, Texans, if the Bills lose. Right. That's correct. That's correct. Yes. Okay. Now that that's sorted out. Ha. Mm. <laughs> I was <laughs> out with my buddy Tim Benz today. You go on with Andrew Filipponi. I was out with Tim Benz in Pittsburgh. He's doing a kind of a walkthrough. And, boy, there's, you know, they're really, I, didn't, I guess, you know, I didn't think about it, but it would make sense. They really, really need the Bills to lose. <laughs> what they need. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You know? So they're like. Dialed in on that they'll, one, and they'll still get their, me, What's the chances and all that? They'll still get their winning record. Isn't what that? Isn't that what they play for in Pittsburgh? <laughs> right, <laughs> yeah, right. yeah, right, right. Last playoff win, Steelers. Um, last playoff win. Wow. Oh my gosh, two thousand Super Bowl. <clears throat> Super Bowl they, year? No, they lost to the Packers. They won a game in Kansas City with Alex Smith. The year before Mahomes took over, right. uh, they won a game in Kansas City, eighteen to sixteen. Like the fifteen season? Wow. Is that maybe then? I That's the the sixteen season. My, uh, sixteen season. Okay. Sixteen season. Wow. The next year, the seventeen season, they lose a high scoring game at home to Jacksonville in the playoffs. Remember that? Maybe forty five, forty two. 
The Jacksonville. Yeah, I do remember because the Bills lose a low scoring game in Jacksonville and the Jags go to Pittsburgh and they're 40 points. Right. Their last playoff win, Pittsburgh, the 16 season at the Chiefs, and they lose the AFC Championship the next week. Okay. Thank you, Sal. Nice talking to you. Talk to you tomorrow. Yes, guys. See you then. Talk to you then. There you go. That's our Sal Capaccio on the West Her Hotline. His appearances are brought to you by New York's only outlet liquor. When you need to stock up, it's the place to buy a case. What's your outlet? That win over the Chiefs in the playoffs by Pittsburgh, their last postseason win, that was the Chiefs team, or was it? There were two Chiefs teams. No, it wasn't. You know what I was going to say? There were two Chiefs teams that won the division, the AFC West, unexpectedly. This was the second of the two with Alex Smith. I probably had a bet on them for me to confuse this. The previous <laughs> one was with Matt Castle. It goes back okay. a few more years. That's the yeah. one where John Clayton bet me dinner if right. Kansas City <laughs> would uh, would win the AFC West that year. I never never converted on that, but you know, that's all right. I I, I used it. You know, I'm, I'm still <laughs> yes, using you it. Yeah, you still you more, still are more yeah. value than most dinners. I'm still nice, I'm still using nice, it. Nice to get a John Clayton mention at five twenty six on a Thursday. Oh, look at you. Look at you. Time for a break. 803-0550 is the number. What's your perfect week 18? Sabres pregame at 6 with Paul Hamilton here on WGR. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network, from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.